welcome to the Latin Rocks podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to ancient Rome. Now get ready for today's topic. Today's topic is Michelangelo's masterpiece, the Sistine Chapel. Today I want to talk about the Sistine Chapel. And the reason I want to talk about that is because when you're actually in the Sistine Chapel, you can't actually lecture. You can't actually talk. They expect a, uh, a certain decorum, a certain solemnity. Despite the number of people that are in there all with their bumping into each other, looking up in the ceiling, they want it to be a place of respect, which is fine. And so for that reason, I want to prepare you. I want to give you some things to talk about, uh, to look at when you're in the Sistine Chapel. First of all, what is this place we're in? What is the Sistine Chapel? The Sistine Chapel is, number one, the personal chapel of the Pope. That's what it was. It was built uh, in the late 1400s. So, uh, you know, in the middle of the Renaissance by Pope Sixtus. And that's why it's called the Sistine Chapel, the Sistina. La Capella Sistina is the adjective form, uh, meaning belongs to Sixtus. The overall theme is the role of the Pope. The whole chapel is, in fact, dedicated to reminding you and the Pope when he's in there, uh, you know, of his role. His role is the representative of Christ on earth. That is the role of the Pope. That's the purpose of the Pope, the representative of Christ on earth. Uh, and you'll see in the middle of the wall, one of the walls, um, the Christ giving the keys to St. Peter. Uh, and St. Peter is thought of, of course, as the very first pope. You know, whatever you do on earth counts in heaven. Uh, you know, whether you, uh, and um, he says to him, uh, you are Peter, and on you I will build my church, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So this is a very important role of the pope, given to him by Christ himself. And, uh, you know, everything within the chapel reminds us of that. And, you know, without the ceiling, even without the ceiling, we would go to the Sistine Chapel to see the magnificent works of arts. Uh, it's just that they've been show overshadowed by the work of Michelangelo on the ceiling that you sometimes forget uh, to look at the side walls. But even before Michelangelo, there was a program to uh, uh, cover the Sistine Chapel in these reminders. On the one hand, uh, Moses and the role of Moses as a leader, and on the other side, uh, you know, Christ and, and the building of his church. These are the, the decorative program of the Sistine Chapel. Uh, 1508 is the time we're talking about. Uh, 1508, the early 1500s, is when Michelangelo came in and, and completely changed art. So, what did Michelangelo do? Everything, painted everything over the windows. That's it. Everything over the windows, every structure you see. Originally, the ceiling was curved, uh, a blue field with uh, gold stars. Um, but then Michelangelo came in and created all the scenes, all the imagery you see. And specifically, there are nine panels down the middle of the ceiling that deal with the um, stories from the Bible, specifically from Genesis. Um, and it's not just that, though. There's the architectural setting that the panels are set in. None of those architecture, none of the, uh, the, 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 the architecture on the ceiling, the ceiling is smooth, uh, but he created architectural panels for those to sit in. And not just that, but there are nude male figures in the architecture, pure decoration. You know, they're, they're, they're not biblical, 
pure, pure decoration. And then beyond that, there are prophets on the walls. Everything leading up you know, to Christ, the, a mixture of prophets, the Christian prophets from the Old Testament and the Bible, uh, classical prophets, you know, the command Sybil, for example, they are all uh, on the sides because all of this leads up to, uh, to, to, the, to, to Christ. The corners, those curved corners, there's David and Goliath uh, in one of the four corners, the curved corner, we call it a spandrel. Um, it spans that, that corner uh, the, from the part from the ceiling to the wall. Uh, the lunettes, a luna is the Italian word for moon, and a lunette is a little moon. The lunettes over the ceilings, every single bit of painting that you see over the windows, including those little round space, the lunettes, were done by Michelangelo. Let's talk about the scenes themselves. As I said, there were nine scenes from the book of Genesis. They alternate into big, small, big, small, big, small. Um, and they were painted th uh, in, in thirds. And so you are actually meant to start where you're supposed to enter um, on the side away from the altar. Okay, The way you enter now is kind of opposite the way you're intended to go or the way Michelangelo painted it, the fact of the matter is, but you're supposed to enter from one side and, and view the side opposite of the Last Judgment and view, view it in that way. So what happened was Michelangelo went in, uh, he painted the first third, which was the scene of uh, Noah and the flood. These first three scenes uh, took the scaffolding down, moved over, and painted the next three, and then took the scaffolding over and did the next three. So the first three scenes right over the entrance are the scenes of Noah. The second three scenes discuss Adam and Eve. They include the temptation and expulsion, uh, the creation of Eve, and the celebrated, the one everybody knows, the creation of Adam. And the first three scenes, you know, last as you're entering in from the back, are the creation of the earth, you know, the separation uh, of the sea and the sky, the creation of the sun and moon, the separation of light and dark. This is the program. This is what Michelangelo, uh, he did not come up with that on himself. He was asked to paint this, but that's, I mean, <laughs> he had a lot of leeway in how he did it. And um, just because you were given the subject matter does not mean there is no artistic uh, involvement and obviously tremendous, tremendous amount of artistic involvement. So, that's what you're looking at when you're in the Sistine Chapel. That's what you're seeing. This work of art that Michelangelo was commissioned uh, to paint, uh, showing the uh, scenes from the book of Genesis. It is completely overwhelming. You need to see it multiple times before you can even digest it. But let me give you some things to look at while you're there. First of all, obviously, you want to look at the creation of man right there in the middle, perhaps the most reproduced image from the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel that there is. Uh, the, that imagining, that little spark between the fingertip of God and the fingertip of man, uh, Adam. And uh, it's, it's right in the middle. Interestingly enough, this is not the biblical story of creation. In the biblical story of creation, uh, man was formed from the, from, from the earth. <laughs> um, not from a spark, uh, as you can imagine uh, seeing here. So here's that artistic choice uh, that Michelangelo has made. So yeah, do be sure that you look at the creation of man. 
Another thing to th consider, another thing to look at, look at the development of Michelangelo as he painted this. It took him four years, four long years to paint the ceiling. Um, and if you look at the figures at the very beginning, you know, look at the, and I'm talking about the, um, look at the far wall opposite the altar, opposite the Last Judgment. Uh, Zachariah is the first prophet there over the center of the wall, and he's a massive figure. Fills his space, he's in his little uh, uh, stone seat, if you will. But look as the development goes, you, you know, halfway across, you look at, um, on the one hand, the command sibyls, or any of the other figures about halfway, and, um, they're starting to come out of their spaces, you know. They're they're not just occupying their space; they're they're filling and expanding <laughs> their space until you get to Jonah. And we know it's Jonah. Remember, Jonah's the one that was swallowed by the whale, and um, you know, spent three days in the belly of the whale, uh, foretelling, of course, the three days that Christ spent in the tomb. And no, look at his figure, and and you know, look back and forth between the two ends of the chapel. Jonah is is not only filling his space, he's coming out of his space. And not only is he coming out of his space, uh, you know, in two dimensions, in all dimensions. You know, he's spilling over the side of his chair. But that back wall behind him is now blown away. He is moving towards us too. Not just on the sides, but he is coming out of the two-dimensional space of the wall, as it were, uh, towards us. And it is just uh, uh, you know, remarkable to see the development of, uh, as Michelangelo got to the end uh, of the ceiling. So, we're noticing the creation of man, we're noticing the development of the figures. Notice the ignudi. Again, I mentioned at the very beginning, these nude male figures that support these smaller panels, complete fabrication, if you will, of Michelangelo. They're not biblical, they're not classical, they're just male figures, and what you'll see from Michelangelo, if he's got an opportunity, to paint male figures, he, he will, and that's what he did. Notice also, and I mentioned this at the beginning, the overall scale of the work, the amount of mental effort in the planning of this, the amount of physical effort in executing this work, just astounding, just astounding uh, when you're sitting there, you know, in the Sistine Chapel looking up and trying to comprehend all that you see. Uh, a couple last notes. Everything after the Sistine Chapel, all of art, I won't say stopped with the Sistine Chapel, but after the Sistine Chapel, all art was a response to the Sistine Chapel. You know, in Florence, you see a development, a building of, um, of art uh, pushed by some magnificent artists. You know, um, but with the Sistine Chapel, uh, the, the push... This massive undertaking moved and sent, you know, not a ripple through the art world, but a tidal wave uh, through the history of art. And that, that cannot be overstated. It is just an impressive, awesome work of art. Uh, there may be no other piece of art that influenced uh, the development in the history of the art than the Sistine Chapel ceiling by Michelangelo. And of course, postscript to this. I haven't even touched on the Last Judgment. Michelangelo was asked to come back, you know, some 30 years later and execute uh, the painting of the Last Judgment on that last wall. And, wow, <laughs> it is just tremendous, the amount of work done by this one artist in this one space.
uh, in Italy in the early 1500s. So I'll leave it at that. Enjoy your experience of the Sistine Chapel. Thank you for listening to this edition of Latin Rocks. Tune in next time when I discuss another topic from ancient Rome.